Hi, Marked listeners. We're planning some exciting things for the future of the podcast, so we want to hear from you. Take our fun survey and give us all of your opinions about Marked to enter for a chance to win a Lifeway Women backpack filled with Bible studies and other great resources for diving into God's Word. To take the survey, go to lifewaywomen.com slash podcast or click on the link in our show notes. We can't wait to hear from you. This is the Mark Podcast from Lifeway Women. We're your hosts, Elizabeth Heineman and Kelly King. Each episode, we'll talk about what God is doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We're so glad you've joined us today. In the studio. I know. It's always so much fun. So much fun. And she is one of our brand new authors, new study, and we can't wait for you to get to meet Christy McClellan. So, Christy, welcome to the Mark Podcast. Hey, ladies. Thank you for having me today. And it's just great to to know that you're local in this area and you get to do a lot of teaching. And so, tell us a little bit about yourself and we'll get, we'll kind of jump into your study and talk a little bit about that. I grew up in rural Mississippi, um, but I've lived here in the Nashville-Franklin area for about the last 24 years, so this really feels like home, but I did feel like I was moving north when I came to Tennessee from Mississippi. (laughs) Um, I am a lover of books and travel and great food. I love to play golf, and the love of my life is my dog, Chester. Yes, and Chester's so cute. What kind of dog? I, I, I don't think Chester, Chester is a schnauzer, and he attends Aww. Bible studies with me. Sometimes go. he's the only man in the room, mm-hmm. but Chester will make a guest appearance from time to time. <laughs> yes, and we are so excited about your new Bible study with Lifeway. It's called Jesus and Women. So why did you want to teach about Jesus' relationship to women in your first Bible study? When we look at the historical Jesus, when he entered the world 2,000 years ago in the first century AD, there are really two aspects of his life and ministry that really mark him as being distinct and unique among the rabbis of Israel. The first thing is table fellowship. Jesus uses the table as one of his primary places and methods of ministry. He is known as one who eats with tax collectors and sinners, and this is revolutionary in his first century Jewish world. Clean rabbis don't eat with unclean people. And Jesus sets a table and is completely comfortable to affiliate Mm -hmm. with the lowly. And so we really see that in his life. But the second thing that really marks Jesus as distinct and unique in his world was his attitude toward his posture with, and his ministry to women. So we really felt passionate about trying to, to put that into a study to be Mm -hmm. able to put it in the hands of women and even teen girls everywhere to better understand who Jesus is, what he's like, and what it is to walk with him as a woman. Yes. And we've, I was just going to say, it's been such an eye-opening study to kind of look at it through that like Mm -hmm. Middle Eastern lens and to see that. And there's lots of familiar stories that we've heard before um, about like the woman at the well and the woman who 
you know, wipes Jesus's feet with her tears. Yes. But just seeing them in that from that new perspective is so helpful and just makes you fall in love with Jesus even more. Um, mm-hmm. I haven't done the study yet, but I was at a lot of the video teachings and I've been a part of your other Bible studies. And so it's just such a cool um, a cool way to look at scripture and something that I think a lot of our women may have not never done before. And we like, we get little bits and pieces here and there, but to really dive in and see it from that is such a cool thing. Well, even this morning you were talking about the Hebrew language Mm -hmm. and the differences because of there, it's a, what, how did you describe? Because they have fewer words. It's a poor language. It's a word, poor language. Poor language. Yes. So describe what that's like, because I, that gives everyone automatically Mm -hmm. a new perspective about language. Absolutely. So there's a lot of differences in Western culture and Middle Eastern culture. Mm -hmm. We as a Western people, we are more Athens and Rome than we are Jerusalem. We are much more Greco-Roman than we are Hebraic. So our English language is a noun-based language, but Hebrew is a verb-based language. The Jews don't study the scriptures to know it like the Greeks. They study the scriptures to verb it to yeah. do it, to live it out. The Hebrew word for to walk is the word halak. So they want to halak or walk the way and the path of God. And Hebrew is also known as a word poor language. And what that means is biblical Hebrew only has a certain number of words. So they will take a word and it has multiple meanings and context adds to our understanding of what they mean by a word that they use in a certain place. Yeah, I love that. So if you'll tell us a little bit more about this Middle Eastern lens and like how did you get started studying the Bible from that perspective and and all that. Tell us a little bit about your story of how you found this. Oh, I love telling this story. Uh, the Lord opened up the door in 2007 for me to go study the Bible in Egypt and Israel. And I already had three years of seminary under my belt yeah. here in the West. And I really went in a spirit of professional development. Mm-hmm. I was on staff teaching Bible at a church and I was a faculty member teaching Bible at a college where I'm still teaching. And so I thought I've never been to the land. It'll be great to go. And I tell people all the time, I went to Israel and learned that God is better than I ever knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought he was awesome yeah, when I, I went. But it, there was something about learning Jesus and his Jewish historical, cultural, first century world that absolutely has made the Bible come alive for me Mm -hmm. in a way that nothing before it ever had in that way. Things had quickened me, things had motivated me, but there's something about it's just like if I were to go to your hometown with you, Mm -hmm. it would help me know you. This is where you're from. These are your people. This is where you went to school. This is where you used to eat. This was your favorite restaurant. Getting to go study the Bible in Israel, it was like going home with Jesus. I got to know him in his world. And here I am 13 years later still teaching from that Middle Eastern perspective. And it's changed my life, truly. And we're so thankful that you have come back to share that knowledge and to Mm -hmm. kind of teach all of us in the Nashville area. But then, you know, with the Bible study, now we're teaching women around the world. And so I think that's going to be such a good way to just, like you said, kind of be challenged a little further and get to know Jesus even better through looking at the Bible that way. Oh. Although most of us aren't going to get to go to Israel. I, know. I mean, a lot of people won't, but they may do your studies. So talk about how we can still have that perspective, even if we're not going to be there in 
in our, you know, present. Right, if we don't you know, get to go to Jesus' yeah. hometown. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great question. we can still do it. We can still have that perspective. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. And people call me a Bible teacher. People call me a professor. But really, I feel like my calling is to be a bridge, mm-hmm. to bridge the Western church with the world and the lands of the Bible. Yes. And um, so that's a great question because it's part of what I want to try to do is to be that bridge. So I'm always telling my students at the college that we never really just read the Bible, mm-hmm. we interact with it. Yeah. It is living and active, and so are we. Mm-hmm. So the rabbis will talk about anytime a person sits down with the scriptures, it is life with life. It's a relationship. Yeah. Something is happening. And so when we are, quote unquote, reading the Bible, we don't realize that we're asking all kinds of questions of the text. And as a Western people, we often ask Western questions. Right. But the Bible was given to us by Middle Easterners in a Middle Eastern context. So learning to take off a Western lens and to put on a Middle Eastern lens when we're approaching and interacting with the Bible, we learn to ask the questions of the text that they are asking in the biblical world. And it gets us a little bit closer, I think, to what the biblical authors meant by what they wrote Mm -hmm. and to understand the stories anchored in their history and in their culture. One of the tools that we provide in the Jesus and Mm -hmm. Women study is a chart. And it's a nerdy chart. I am a nerd, (laughs) self-acclaimed nerd. And the chart is very simple. On the left, it just says Western. And it's questions that we tend to ask as Westerners when we Mm -hmm. read the Bible. And that is compared to the right side of the chart called the Middle Eastern side. And it's questions that they ask in the East when they read and interact with the scripture. So we're getting a better idea. Uh Um, And I tell women all the time, print out this chart, keep it in your Bible. And whatever you're reading, just open it up and Mm -hmm. ask the questions down the right side of the page. And that will help orient you and guide you and take you into reading the Bible with a Middle Eastern lens. So give us an example. Can you you think of just a quick example of how a good question from that perspective? Oh, great. So as a Western people, as a Greco-Roman people in our culture, we are given to form. We very much care about what a thing looks like. Mm -hmm. Think about how many times you've wondered what the burning bush looked like in Exodus 3 when Moses interacts with the living God. So we read the Bible as a Western people and say, what did that look like? In the Middle East, they don't ask that question. They ask the why question, Mm -hmm. why would God do that? So when we come to that famous moment in Exodus 3, It takes you to two very different places if you read that story of Moshe and the living God in a bush aflame and yet not consumed and say, what did that look like versus why is God doing this? Mm -hmm. And in that moment, God tells Moses, I have heard the cries of my people and I want you to go and tell the Pharaoh, let my people go. Mm -hmm. And so all of a sudden, the story becomes about God, who he is, what he's like and what it is to walk with him. And I really believe the Bible was given to us to show us who God is. Yeah. I can't believe you used that example because um, one of the magazines that I oversee, we have an an article that uses that. And yesterday we're looking at the design of that page. And because of our perspective, we were looking at the illustration of this burning bush. Right. So we were looking at it as what do we see or what does that 
kind of look like. Right. So That's right. It's yeah. the difference in form and function. You know, here in America, you know, typically if you see a BMW, if somebody spent that much money on something, it's going to be clean. It's going to be shiny. Mm-hmm. But in Israel, you'll see a $100,000 BMW caked in mud because oh, really? it's not about the form of it. It's, it's about the engine. Yeah. It's about the function. Huh. So form and function would be a great distinctive. Um, another one quickly that I'm passionate yeah. about talking yeah. about mm-hmm. is um, we are very application oriented right. as a Western church. And that's great because we want to verb the scriptures. Right. So we read the scriptures and sometimes our first question of the text is, what does this teach me about me? which causes us to go in and down. And I joke with people, you know, how many of you know if you stare at yourself for too long, you'll get depressed? (laughs) You know, in the Middle East, when they read the text, their lead question is, what does this teach me about God? Mm -hmm. And it causes us to look up and to look out. It's a more buoyant posture, and it centers us on who he is, what he's like, what it is to walk with him. And I tell my students all the time, as you get to know the living God, you will know what to do. Right. And you will know what it is that he's asking of you. Yeah. And I think that's so important. Like that's one of the things that we talk about with any kind of like behavior change is start with the attributes of God. Because when you learn like God is love and you learn what love really is in light of who God is versus like thinking, oh, God's the love that I know, you're you're more redefining all those words. And that changes who you are even if you don't feel it at first and it's not like, oh, now I'm going to stop doing this or I'm going to start loving people more. Like that's a hard goal to have. But if you just are like, I'm going to learn who God is and what it means that he loves us and died for me and in all my sin, then you just start like it transforms after you transform your mind and thinking that then it starts to transform your actions. And so it's such a like a different way of looking at scripture from how we're used to looking at it in the Western lens. And we often yeah, we want to get straight to that application because we're like, okay, what can I do after What do I this? need to do with yes. this? But instead, yes. if we shift, it will change our behavior eventually, but it may be slightly different. And it kind of goes deeper and is probably more lasting change. That's right. If oh, you realize that. Well, love so. motivates us in a way that law never can. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, to know that we are loved by God actually compels us toward God and toward one another yes. in shalom. So rather than asking what is the rule, the law, or the principle to apply here, it's in light of how I am being loved by the living God, who do I want to be? How do I want to show up in my own life? When I walk into a room, what is it that I want people to experience when they experience me? And the answer is I want them to experience the living God. Yeah, I love that. That's so good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you kind of explained like the burning bush, how we could kind of see the difference there. Maybe as you were doing this study or as you look at Jesus and his earthly life and how he walked with people, when you've been in Israel and maybe as you've kind of done this study, can you think of a story that maybe when you were there it changed your perspective? I mean, like when you you go, okay. I'm sure you can think of lots, lots but just give us like one. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, the first one, and it's really the foundation of the Jesus and Women series, it's, it's anchored in Matthew chapter 9. And it's that famous story of the woman with the issue of blood mm-hmm. um, being in a crowd. Jesus is there. There's something about him that she believes and understands that he is the Messiah. We don't know if she's heard him teach or if right. she's seen one of the miracles. The text doesn't tell us. But through that healing ministry to her, he turns to her in Matthew 9, 22, and he says three simple yet profound words that woman was not hearing. 
in the first century world. He looks at her and he says, take heart, daughter. And so much of what we unpack in the Jesus and Women series is how woman had lost her place of honor yeah. and was anchored in shame when Jesus comes onto the scene, when he's birthed into the earth. And just to be very clear, woman was oriented in honor and had lost it. And we trace the historical story of how that happened. So Jesus's ministry toward women, it was restorative in his nature. He was bringing back something that was once good that has been marred or distorted Mm -hmm. or changed. And rabbis aren't going around talking to women in public. They are not going around Mm -hmm. calling them daughter, encouraging them to take heart. So just in those three words in a public setting after healing a woman, and we unpack that whole story through Mm -hmm. a historical cultural perspective in the study. This is just a a small pearl of it. It's one of the things that makes him the most unique in his first century world. And part of why we were so passionate to do this kind of a study and Mm -hmm. to put it into women's hands, it's that ancient and ever always reality that if Jesus came to the earth and did it for her, right. he is doing it for us. Yeah. And so we are not just reading her story. We're reading our story. Mm-hmm. And the things that he did for women 2,000 years ago in his first mm-hmm. century world, I believe with all of my heart, if Jesus could walk through the door right now and sit down at this table with us, one of the first things out of his mouth might be, take heart, daughter. Yeah, I think he's still speaking it. That is still his posture and his attitude with and among us as women. I think when women do this study, and and you've said this, but they are going to fall more in love with Jesus, aren't Mm -hmm. they? Absolutely. He is better than we ever knew, and he is better when it comes to women than we've ever known. It's striking. It's truly one of the things that sets him apart in his world. Right. Yeah, and that's one of the things that you do get to see in the study is the history of kind of how women were treated yes. from from the beginning. And so it is it is very eye-opening because that's not something that we really learn a lot is the how they were at once at one time very revered and they were and like you even mentioned the Sabbath a Shabbat dinner cannot happen without women. That's exactly and just right. How beautiful that is and and we forget that we forget that that's where we started and so it is such a restorative thing that Jesus was doing and raising the women back up and even if we have studied scripture we don't always get that we just because we haven't studied it all and we don't know like you bring in other early church or early Jewish teaching and writing that people would have been familiar with at the time of Jesus that um it's hard to like study on your own. So that's very helpful to, to hear. Like this is what people were hearing and, mm-hmm. and reading and studying at the time. And so that was such a, a very eye-opening and cool thing to learn about. And that was something we were passionate about yeah. too. You just hit on something is I'm a nerd mm-hmm. and I just read all the time. And I love the idea of us being able to work together as a team to do the study, to right. do the work, to go find some of those ancient rabbinic sources in the Mishnah mm-hmm. or the Talmud or ancient rabbis of old that you don't really hear about in the Western evangelical church. Right. And to essentially be able to compile it all in this study. Right. So that the moms out there, the teens out there, the yeah. people that are living their lives that don't have the time or the energy or even mm-hmm. honestly the want to to go study ancient yeah. rabbinic sources that we've done the work for you. Right. And so there's a glossary at the end of the study yeah. with 
all kind of Hebrew terms, just things to, again, bridge our understanding Mm -hmm. as a Western people to the biblical world. Yeah. And I think that's such a a helpful resource for people. Because we do kind of come to our studies Mm -hmm. with kind of that Western perspective and the evangelical perspective that we don't always know Jewish tradition Mm -hmm. and we don't always know how we fit that into our, you know, into our belief system because that really is the foundation. I mean, Jesus was a Jew. Right. So we sometimes kind of miss that Mm -hmm. in in our reading and we do tend to put that western flair on it okay so the name of our podcast is is marked Marked. (laughs) and so we always like to ask our guest what is something that has marked you in your life in your walk with the lord getting to know jesus in his first century jewish world Mm -hmm. yeah yeah truly and i think that i mean that's obvious from the way that you live your life like what you do for a living and everything and so and you've talked a lot about that but just tell us a little bit about ways that people can study with you or go to Israel with you and all of that kind of stuff and like what you're doing now with the New Lens Biblical um, Studies like all that tell us a little bit about that because we we know that that has marked you, so tell us how it can mark all of us. <laughs> Absolutely. And women are going to probably ask yes. us, they're going to be like, I yeah. want to go to Israel with right. Christy. Yes. Right, right. Well, and I want to take you to Israel. I want to mm-hmm. take everyone to Israel. Um, people can visit our website. Yes. It's newlensbiblicalstudies.com, yes. and you can subscribe for free. It yes. just adds you to our MailChimp, and you will begin receiving email notifications for series, events, mm-hmm. places where I'm speaking, trips to Israel. I also take teams to Turkey and Greece and Italy. Yes. All biblical study trips, not tours. Every day, all day, we are studying the Bible in the places Mm -hmm. where it happened. So between the lands of Israel, Turkey and Greece and Italy, you're pretty much getting the geography of scripture from Genesis Mm -hmm. to Revelation, including the early church and on. So people can visit the website. They can email us directly through it. We also have a store page with a lot of our teachings that are there to help bridge the gap between the Western and the Eastern way. Great. And we'll put those links in our show notes so people can just swipe up on the app or however, however they get our podcast, they can find it essentially. So you don't have to write it down if you're driving down the road. That's right. Or on the treadmill. But yes, I'm just excited that women are going to get to be a part of this. Yes. And we really do want to encourage women. Mm -hmm. You may have not heard of Christy. Women here in this area, a lot of them know her, but you may not, you know, our listeners may not. Before we publish Christy, it is amazing how many people told us about you. Like people would just email us and be like, have you ever heard of Christy McClellan? You need to go to one of her Bible studies and we need to publish her. And so we were so excited when we went to your study. We were like, oh, yes, for sure. We need to publish her because it's such a, a, like I said, I've used this phrase like 4,000 times this episode, but it's very eye-opening to see this new um, perspective. And so that is definitely something that we encourage people to to dive in. We want you to get the Bible study. It's called Jesus and Women. And so we're we're really excited about that. We'll have links to that in the show notes as well. Yeah. You can go to lifeway.com and you can purchase that and you can see samples and Mm -hmm. a video there. And so, yeah. Check it out. We really want to see that. Thank you so much, Christy. Thank you you both for having me. It's great to see you both. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in on the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Kelly D. King and at E.D. Heineman. Use the hashtag marked podcast to connect with us. 
You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the podcast. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.